When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Happy Administrative Assistant Day. That's a day? It's a day. You've never been in an office where some jerky boss has hooked up an administrative assistant with, like, I don't know, like flowers or lunch or something so that they are okay with berating them 364 days of the year otherwise? You've never been in an office setting like that? No, I have not. But to be fair, I haven't been back in an office in like three years. So, you know. (laughs) Well, lucky you. (laughs) But there's always that. And I always think to myself, do you truly uh, treat your administrative assistant the right way day in and day out? Most of the time is not. All right. MVP of the day. Look at my guy, D, already on board saying, go ahead and smash that like button. It's free to you and really helps get the show out to other people so Dave can get paid. Well, and Caleb, too. Uh, Travis says, good morning, crony. So we certainly appreciate you guys. And Dave is not trying to walk y'all into a joke that Nick Saban loves. What's this joke that Nick Saban loves? You don't know? Oh, Saban's a huge fan of these nuts jokes. Like, huge. Like, he does it with his players all the time. I, I do know that, actually, because I heard that first reported on the Dan Patrick show because – one of the receivers, I can't remember which one it was. It might um, have been Mechie, 
But they said on the Dan Patrick show that they were having a big day offensively, and he starts talking trash on behalf of the defensive backs. I thought it was pretty cool. More hooker <laughs> jokes. Hey, and I got an Alabama joke for you. You ready? All right, I'm ready for this one. All right. Why was the toothbrush invented in the state of Alabama? Oh, I know the answer to this, but it applies to West Virginia, too. Okay, well, let me have my fun. Because if it was invented anywhere else, it would be known as the teeth brush. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. Big show on tap. Let's get serious for a second. Is Deion Sanders or Lane Kiffin the most brash coach in college football? We'll get to that. The college football spring meetings, usually not a big deal. We always focus on the SEC spring meetings, and we should have some live reports from that and that week, which is right around Memorial Day. And uh, and if you look at what Deion Sanders has done, it's something that's going to have to be addressed, I believe, by college football at some point. Also, Michigan scores a couple of commitments. Should this concern the Vols and the SEC? Remember... Now, remember, they signed that TV deal, so that money's starting to flow in. That money used to be five years ago, not even five years ago, we would say, Caleb, that money can be used for recruiting travel. Now what do we say it's used for? Oh, it's used for buying players. But although technically that still can be used because this is money that goes directly to the university. We talk about that TV money flowing in. But... But it still works because they require less donor money. So those donors can use the money that, yes. So Exactly. You tell your booster, hey, we certainly appreciate it, but we don't need that $10 million donation. Make it a $9 million donation and give uh, Billy Lipper down the road a uh, million dollars so that he can come take us to a championship level. But uh, Michigan and Ohio State aren't going away anytime soon because – You've got John Harbaugh who can't find a job in the NFL, so he's going to stay uh, at Michigan for the foreseeable future. So there's a lot to get to, and also Tennessee's baseball team. Kudos to those guys. And why Hendon Hooker can still be a top-five pick. We talked yesterday, is he Mr. Smokestream? Possibly. But I think Hendon Hooker is getting some respect from a statistical standpoint and an analytic standpoint that I want to get to. So welcome to the program. And we've got a lot going on. Let's start, Caleb, uh, with this right here. And that is college football spring meetings. The issues that will be addressed, it is today's tough question. It's brought to you by Craven Wings, cravenwings.com. Three locations in Knoxville, never frozen, always fresh. Craven Wings is absolutely phenomenal and the food is tremendous don't forget about their saturday brunch it's craven wings brings you today's tough question today's tough question take a side take a stand the dave hooker show a presentation of off the hook sports.com if you could change any one thing in college football after a goodness gracious a half decade of a tremendous amount of change what would it be what would it be if you could change one thing? Because the college football playoff meetings are ongoing right now. So let me hear you on the message board. Let me hear you on the Twitter if you want to post at the Dave Hooker or OTH Sports Media. If you're watching there, we greatly appreciate it. One thing, you're the king of college football. The meetings are ongoing now. 
what would you change if you could change anything at all, Caleb? Or would you change anything? I would condense college football to 128 teams and have eight 16-team conferences. That's pretty simple. You put some thought into that. How would that work? Would it be regional? How would it? Would you have? Yes, I would make it regional again. And I mean, I I would make it eight 16-team conferences. I would make the 12-team playoff be all eight conference champions and four wild cards to make the regular season matter just a little bit more, as opposed to the six and six. The top four get a first round bye. The next four conference champions get to play the games closest to their campus. Now I know people are going to be like, "Wait, Alabama has to play at." If Alabama finishes second in the uh, SEC, they have to play at UNLV. Well, yeah, but who should care about that? Because Alabama is better than UNLV. So they should beat UNLV at UNLV, even if UNLV wins the whatever conference they're in. I mean, you I feel me on that, right, Dave? Yeah, no, I know. I'm fine with that. They, they, they should win that game. But should they have to play that game? If they go through the SEC, with a ten, if Tennessee or Alabama or whoever, Georgia – goes to the SEC, should they have to play UNLV in a first-round game? There is a place where they judge pigs, as is always said. And I what think was that again? What was that there saying? is a place where they judge pigs. Pigs? Okay. I was like, um, I like I that. Say, I say that it's not about fairness as much as it is about keeping it crisp and keeping it fun and involving as many teams as possible to keep, or and, and keeping the regular season valuable and still involving as many as possible to keep college football a national sport. Eight 16 team conferences. Every conference has two divisions. You play all seven teams in your division and the other two in another division on a rotating basis. The conference championship games are the final week or the first week of December. The playoff starts the next week. The 12 team playoff starts the next week. Day in and day out, I'm the fat guy. Caleb's the skinny guy, but Caleb's just too fat today. And what do I mean by that? 120-some-odd teams. Caleb, have you lost your mind? Here's There's already what- 135. I'm just I'm already convincing you. Oh, I'm calling, baby. I'm going through there, and I'm, I'm, taking down, I'm taking down some hay. I'm taking down some long grass. What is it, a sith, they call it, that they that you go through? and you t- Is that what it's called? Is that what the Grim Reaper has, a sith? Is that it? Probably. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so I'm going through and I'm saying UNLV. Why UNLV is on our show today, I have no idea, but there they go. UNLV, I appreciate you. You're great, but sorry. You get to play with the North Dakota states of the world for a second-tier playoff and a second-tier championship. The bottom line is I'm taking the top 38-ish teams, maybe even as high as 42, no lower than 32, and that's the conference I'm creating. So, in other words, I'm destroying, destroying a ton of rivalries because I'm going to Oregon. I'm like, you're in. I'm going to Oregon State. You're out. It's just Washington. You're in. Washington State. You're out. Sickle. That's what it is. Thank you. It's a sickle. It's not a Sith. I don't even know what a Sith. That's what you like. Uh, gold. That's in Star Wars. A, th- a Sith is Star Wars. They're yeah. Like, you, or you don't. A sieve. A sieve is what yeah, you okay, get gold in. Okay. It's, it's a sickle. Sickle. Thank you, D. I appreciate that. All right. So, what do you. Uh, that's what I would do. I would have 32 to 42 uh, teams in there and. I would include the top teams, and I'm sorry. Yes, Travis, there will always be new rivals. There's, I, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The only rivalry that I would absolutely not get rid of because they're both worthy of being in an upper echelon group would be Auburn and Alabama, right? That's I mean, the only rivalry. Michigan I mean, Ohio State, you have to keep that. Well, yeah, but they're both yeah, they're both in anyway. Sure. So they're both in anyway. And then but who would you I tell you the tough one might come before Florida, Florida State and Miami. That's Those already been gotten gotten rid of, though. But honestly, if what you're talking about happens, the opposite might happen. You might get the Florida, Florida State, Miami like trio rivalry back because you might see if you might see a scenario where they're in the same division. So I'm not saying your idea is bad. I just think I like college football being a fully national sport and having a lot of teams interested and having a point where, look, you still get the top 30 or 40 that can compete for that are going to be winning a national title. These other teams don't get in their way. By the way, for the record, I want to say this: we should maybe. Name another example other than UNLV because with sports gambling blowing up, UNLV but, might be a sleeping giant. I mean, the, the Oakland A's basically told Oakland that we're going to chill for three years before we move to Las Vegas. Yes. Vegas, I mean, Vegas just has all of this. I, I, they have all this leverage. and I'm I don't pretty know. sure UNLV is going to the Pac-12 next. That's my guess. I would think so. That makes a lot of sense. We'll talk to Josh Ward. He's a Raiders fan, but does anybody make a trip now to to go see the Raiders play there, or is it more like other fans that go see their team play the Raiders because it's in Vegas? I I don't think the Las Vegas thing is going to work out, but that's a whole different argument. The thing that like is, I just feel bad for Oakland. It, within a matter of five years, they lost the A's. I mean, they lost the Warriors to San Francisco which I'm sure there's an Oakland-San Francisco rivalry. I don't know about it, but I'm guessing it exists. Um, they lost the A's and Raiders to Vegas. They don't have any pro teams anymore. Can you imagine, one of the things that makes college football special, can you imagine a college football program up and leaving? No. No. You can't. Oh, I can. Tennessee did it for about 10 years. Uh, yes, it's, it's all in the setup. I got Caleb there. All right, so the college football playoff spring meeting, uh, it is underway, and that is going on as we speak this week. So what are the some of the changes that we could see? I mean, you have to remember, this is still a, a, a somewhat shaped piece of mold here that they're trying to work into this beautiful sculpture. And it ain't there yet. I mean, just saying you got 12 teams, it's not there yet. So let me ask you, what are some changes? Throw some changes at me that the college football playoff is considering. And I'll, I'll give you my thumbs up, thumbs down. Hit that thumbs up on the YouTube and it helps us bring in more listeners. And as Steve points out, I get paid. So does Caleb. So everybody gets paid, including Caleb Giroux, who's been red hot on recruiting on offthehooksports.com. So what are some possible changes, some decisions to be made? And I'll go ahead and tell you the right one. And then I'll go ahead and text Greg Sankey after this and say, here, here they are. By the way, scale of one to 10, 10 being I am the dominant man in the room. When I speak, everybody shuts up. Uh, where's Sankey? I'm not that high on him. I'm at a five. Well, no, I, think, I mean in, in these meetings. Oh, in these meetings. Um, oh, I think eight, eight, because Sankey was probably the most one of the most instrumental ones, maybe even ten, because Sankey was the one who wanted to make sure there would be as many wild card teams as possible. Because I'll go ten, yeah, because Sankey knows that the more wild card teams you have, the more SEC teams you have, because they ain't putting wild card teams in from other conferences. Let's just call it what it is. 
no, you're right. I think Sankey's a big voice, and I think the Big Ten Commissioner are the two biggest voices right now. I think the NCAA, you remember how I mentioned a couple of different times that they've added people to their enforcement staff? They're in the business of staying in business, okay? Because what this could really be, like in months, mark it here. This could be the NCAA Committee on College Basketball and the College Football Playoff Committee. This could be two different groups of people that overlap because right now, if I'm college football, I'm looking at you, NCAA. I'm saying you've done a dastardly job with the way you've run this program, okay? So I want to handle this myself. I'm Greg Sankey. I'm with the SEC. I made a phone call to the Big Ten Commissioner. We're going to work this out. You go handle the basketball tournament, which is very important. Don't be surprised if that happens one day in the very near future. No, I'm with you, which is funny because the NCAA was actually set up to be the governing body of college, of football over anything else because they were trying to make football safe because right. of the great one of the greatest presidents of all time, Teddy Roosevelt, loved football so much he was trying to protect it. Yeah, and, and they're try- what they're trying to do now, that's why they added – four. that's the only thing that scares me about Tennessee's uh, investigation is they added 40, 40 enforcement staff people. That's called trying to stay in business. You know how every restaurant, I don't know about you, but every restaurant closes at 7 or 8 o'clock right now. Unlike the pandemic, they'd stay open until 10 or 11, and Walmart was open 24-7. It's because you can't find workers. Add some workers, maybe you're more relevant. So what other changes could happen in this CFP playoff? And you were going to say? I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to bring up changes, but my mind just went. It's funny you bring this up about the NCAA. They're the royal family of college football. The royal family's business right now is staying in business, keeping credibility. They have no power in England at all. So the NCAA is the royal family of college football. So I just had to get that out there. That's a scary Uh, good take is what that is. All right. Uh, So (laughs) give me some some possible changes. Uh, we got a lot to get to on the program today. We'll probably go long, so hang with us. We're live each and every weekday at 10 a.m., so hit that subscribe button. Be sure and hit the like button. Greatly appreciate uh, gr- greatly appreciate that. Helps us quite a bit. And it's brought to you by Andy Mason of andymasonrealestate.com. Andy Mason has over 40 years of experience of real estate in the Knoxville area. Don't lose thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Go to andymasonrealestate.com because he has the absolute best service, the best prices in the real estate biz in Knoxville. So give me some changes. Message board as well. And uh, let me get your thoughts. Now, Travis says he really negotiates SEC TV deals well. Rimshot, and I'll uh, give you one of those as quick as I can because I'm still getting used to my fun little board. The one thing I can get to really quickly is the uh, name of Eco because people give me a hard time. But negotiates SEC TV deals well. I think he will. I think the Big Ten won up. Uh, the SEC. But for now, let's look at the college football playoff possible changes and we'll tell you if we like them or not, if they're good for college football or not. So these aren't changes as much as just things that need to be addressed. And the biggest thing that needs to be addressed is the future playoff schedules. Right now, the way things are set up, college football has a week zero, but de facto opening weekend is Labor Day weekend. Right, that's that's when college football starts Labor Day weekend, even though there's that week zero before. Labor Day weekend is like, isn't that like one of the greatest opening day weekends like in any sport? Like yes. it's a three-day weekend, college football, like so it starts then. Right now you get 12 games. Uh, that creates just enough room for 12 games, one by in the middle, 
and then the conference championship weekend, the first weekend in December. Their issue is they don't want to have playoff games be played on the same Saturday that the NFL starts playing playoff starts playing regular season games, which is the weekend after that first weekend of December. So in order to have this 12 team playoff happen, they're going to have to have that first round of playoffs games be the first week of December for money reasons. The conferences don't want to give up their conference championship games. And you also can't get rid of 12 games. The teams need the 12 games to, for their budgets and also to recover the budgets of smaller schools that play them. So what you could have is college football move up a week and start week zero. Like everybody starts week zero, basically. The week if it's everybody, week. that's fine. I hate the sporadic ones um, <clears throat> unless there's a lot of hubbub around them. And Tennessee used to play in those. They played Colorado one year. Uh, man, they played somebody else. I can't remember. They played Iowa, I think, in New Jersey. Like, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so they played a couple of those. And that that's cool. What's crazy is Eric Bieniemy, the hottest coach, should be the hottest coach in the NFL, didn't play in the Colorado-Tennessee game, and a guy named Pritchard ran for like 180 yards. But nevertheless. Chuck Webb um, also lost track of time and kept running with, with five seconds on the clock. If he goes down or gets out of balance, Tennessee can get a game-winning field goal. There you go. He knows his history. Um, Listen, I'm fine for week zero if everybody's in on week zero. I don't like, unless you're going to make this some big production uh, that they did with those games, kickoff classics, I don't like when one or two games are just in week zero, just thrown out there. I don't like that. I think it it diminishes the game. I'm not fine with it. I think the NCAA should take the NFL head on, and the NFL would fold, not the NCAA. First week in the playoff games on a Saturday – most people, I this is my gut feeling. More people would watch the college football playoff games, and I think you're talking about. Oh, we're talking about two different things. I said I don't like the week zero. So you're saying that? No, you you're, you're saying, saying you're fine with the week zero if it if everybody moves it up to make it week one. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm not. I love college football starting on Labor Day. This is a tradition. Like, there's nothing more exciting than Labor Day being the starting weekend of college football and Thanksgiving being the last regular season weekend of college football. It's just like it's perfect. It's so crisp and it's, you don't get it. Like you can make a whole weekend event out of your opening weekend of college football. I just absolutely love the feel in the air. And I know, I know, I know it's about money and business, but I'm like, I think there's something, some type of value to, I think half of the business is the love of the pageantry of the sport. I'm telling you, I think college football goes head to head with the NFL. I think they should keep the tradition of starting on Labor Day, ending on Thanksgiving Conference championships first weekend, and then the tradition of go, and then go head to head with the NFL that second weekend in December. Dave, I bet the NFL folds. Not folds like as a wow. league. Bet they okay. cave and they move things to Sunday. Okay, I I don't think they will. I think that we're being and I thought about this last night. You and I talked about it. I think we're being a little bit short sighted and maybe regionalist, if that's the word. I think we look at college football as being the end all be all. I can tell you that, let's say, uh, a city like Nashville, I can tell you they're still going to cover the Titans 75% of the time, no matter how good Tennessee does. And Tennessee did really well, and I know for a fact that it it affected a lot of the ratings in a positive way for those that covered Tennessee, UT. But I I think that the NFL is still the 800-pound gorilla in the room that's not going anywhere. And I think it would behoove the NCAA to work with them, but you disagree strongly. 
Yeah, I think I disagree very strongly. It's one weekend. The NFL can keep it Saturdays the last two weekends of December. But just that one weekend of December. For the record, the NCAA lets they let bowl games happen that Saturday. They let these meaningless bowl games that you nor I nor anybody cares about happen. No, I'm sorry. Actually, I take that back. I take that. Well, no, they do let them happen on that Saturday. But this would be the Saturday after the conference championship game. So it would be the same Saturday the Army-Navy game is happening. Fine. Army-Navy doesn't deserve a game by itself. They don't deserve a day to itself. Okay? And I get your point about it being regional. I have to say this, though. Part of the reason it's super regional, because even if Nashville, the Tennessean, covers the Titans 75% of the time or national media, really it's state media is almost a conglomerate now in Tennessee. So Nashville people can get Knoxville media or Memphis or whatever media. Sure. And I well, think- I'm talking specifically about the ratings of, uh, and Ron didn't tell me this, but Ron Slay, former ball, he works at 104.5 The Zone. So I know a lot of people there and their ratings were up because they went all in on Tennessee, UT, not the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. So I, I still think it moves the needle. I think, I think what would scare me if I'm that, I'm just picking that station out of nowhere. There are others like it. But if I'm that station that has to decide between my coverage and my content, the thing that would scare me is if Tennessee stumbled, would you lose some of the support that you get? So it's interesting our message board disagrees. D said outside of the South, the NFL rules, it's not even close. Travis says the huge markets will watch the NFL. L.A., New York, Chicago, everywhere else would be 100% NCAA in Nashville. They will watch the balls at 330 and the Titans at 8 o'clock. I'll tell you something else that's interesting. You know the two top cities in the entire nation in college football as far as viewership is Birmingham followed closely by Nashville. And I base that off of the top games that don't involve necessarily Alabama, Auburn, or Tennessee, which you would expect to be high. But those in the SEC championship game, those for the major matchups are always the two top markets. Outside of that, I got my question marks. What else are you throwing at me there? Um, okay. For the record, to correct one thing, the, when people talk about New York, Chicago, those big markets that wouldn't watch the college football game or the NFL, those people that would prefer the NFL aren't watching college football anyway. So you're not losing an audience member. You're, the college football fans are watching the games. Okay. They're watching the playoff games. I'm just going to tell you that right now. More than NCAA tournament fans are watching March Madness. Book it. That's going to happen. Okay. So... Moving on, the other thing they have to figure out is future playoff venues. So there's been a talk about like the top four ranked conference championships receiving buys, and then five through eight playing nine through twelve, and five through eight gets to play either at a either a home game or at a venue closer to their campus. And so okay. they kind of have so to figure out. You're saying venue closer to campus is if it's a place like that that can't handle that sort of event, right? Well, so yeah, so like, okay, let's 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 think about this. Uh, last year, I'm trying to think of of the best example, but let's take what the college football playoff rankings. I'll give you one. How about when UCF was knocking on the door? They would have yes, 2017. Yeah, no, no, no. When UCF, oh yeah, 2017, when they're knocking on the door, would you not be better off having that at a bigger venue? Same thing for Cincinnati. Would you not be better off having that at a bigger venue? I could see that, but. Ultimately, I want this to be a home game, and I don't care if they have to manipulate it so that it's a home game for the best venues in college football. So if you're if you're down to okay, so the first four get a buy out of the twelve, then you have mm-hmm. one through eight. 
Okay. So if I'm at Tennessee and Cincinnati and they're the four and five team, okay, I'm going to make Tennessee the four so that they get to host. Right. But the point is they wouldn't have them host, if that makes sense. So they would try to have Tennessee play a game closer to their venue than a game closer to Cincinnati. So theoretically, Tennessee would play in Nashville at that point. See, I hate that. Why would they mess that up? They had something good there for a second. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they don't want them to host directly. I don't know why. I think they will, but yeah, my my. So let's take last year. Okay, last year Georgia was one, Michigan was two, TCU was three, Ohio State was four, five through eight was Alabama, Tennessee, Clemson, and Utah. Tennessee would have played Washington, who was the 12th seed at that time. I'm sorry, Tennessee would have played Penn State, who was the 11 team in the playoff that time. So six Tennessee versus 11 Penn State, closer to Tennessee's campus. Like, yeah, you maybe maybe that one you do play funny enough in Cincinnati because Cincinnati's closer to Knoxville than it is University Park or State College. Why would you not? I love the idea of a home game. What are we talking about? We're going backwards here. I don't know what the reasoning behind this is. This is just this is just kind of the thing they care about. Alabama 5, Washington 12. It'd be pretty easy to get a game close to Alabama that's not in Tuscaloosa at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, you could have it in Birmingham, but you might get stabbed after the game. <laughs> Downtown area is rough. Well, all right. What else we got? Throw, throw a couple more at me. Okay, so revenue distribution. Favorite. Revenue distribution. Since CFP started in 2014, revenue has been mostly distributed equally between conferences. There's kind of a debate on whether or not that should happen when it goes to 12. And I think this is where you're going to see the SEC and Big Ten make their power play to ice out the rest of the conferences for perpetuity. They're going to make the case that the revenue distribution should be based on how many teams are in from the conference are are in the playoff. And that is when you're going to start seeing that's that's the next step, I think, to the SEC and Big Ten saying, forget everybody else. We run the show because the SEC would rightly say if we have four teams in the playoff and the Pac-12 has one, we're generating more revenue. Why should we split all this with the Pac-12? That that's the second step of the breakaway. The first step was getting a college football playoff of 12 teams. The second step is when you go and you say, we're producing three or four teams, your conference, the PAC 12 is producing one over the past four years. We need a bigger share of the pie. And then Oregon, if you don't like that, you can jump into this big time, uh, what I like to call the hooker conference, which is uh, 32 to 42 teams. If you want to jump in, great. If not, too bad. Bassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it's worth the drive. I don't care if you're in Cleveland. I don't care if you're in Nashville, Knoxville, Memphis. That's worth the drive. Chattanooga, they've got industrial and commercial mowers. Bassy Lawn and Garden, go to Bassy.com. Man Alive, it's worth the drive. So in exactly two minutes, who is the most brash coach in college football? It may not be Lane Kiffin anymore, believe it or not. Two minutes who is challenging Lane Kiffin for the most brash coach in all of college football? He's doing a pretty darn good job. Two minutes, hang tight. To own the more that owns every job, then get the Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. 
At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your pair. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. What's up, everybody? This is University of Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren, proud to announce that I'll be working with Craven Wings again this season. And I want you to give your all and try my signature sauce, Sauce 87 at either of the Craven Wings' two locations, Chapman Highway in Seymour and South North Shore Drive at the Markets of Chodo. When you're Craven Wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Online at CravenWings.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. A couple of great points by the message board. <clears throat> as far as this 12-team playoff, Oghead saying it will be many years before a team 5 through 12 wins it, even with just four teams. There are always major blowouts in the playoffs. I agree. I think that's why you need the home games because that will create excitement for a potential blowout of Alabama. I'm just picking randomly hammering Wisconsin. Okay. So the, the excitement is going to be pregame and the preamble. And by the third quarter, you know, who's won the game, right? That's why, that's why my philosophy is a little bit better. Eight teams, I mean, eight conferences, eight conference champions, the four conference champions that don't get a bye get the automatic home game. So then Alabama has to travel to Wisconsin. So then there's the off chance that Wisconsin might pull it off or keep the game interesting. You mitigate the effect of the blowouts at that point. Uh, but you are in the home game. Do you do you want fairness or entertainment, Dave? 
both. <laughs> I want enough. Here's the. I only both? want fairness. Here's my point with fairness. I only want fairness to this level. And I've always said this. This is as far as fairness goes for me. Did you do everything you should have done to have a shot at the playoff for the national title and you still didn't get that shot? That's as far as it goes. Outside of that, I don't care how fair or unfair it is. I can't, it's not, after that, yeah, it's what you're saying they should be at some sort of regional neutral site. No, that's not what, that's what the playoff committee is saying. I'm not well, saying that. Okay, so you're against that. Yeah, I'm against that. I'm for the home games, but I'm for the home games where the – okay, for instance, the top six conference champions all automatically get in in this playoff. I think the two conference champions that don't get first-round buys should automatically get home games. I do. I think they should automatically get the home games at that point. Okay. Well, now you're right. I thought you were wrong a second ago. I'm now always right. <laughs> okay. Okay. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I'm always right. Man after my own heart. What the H brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Look at me. I don't have glasses or contacts because I had a LASIK. I'll tell you more about that here momentarily. So what the H this reported by, I believe it was the perhaps Denver paper as of Tuesday evening, 23 Colorado football players have entered the transfer portal since Saturday's spring game concluded, bringing the buffs down to, I would love, I mean, I know Caleb knows. Yeah, well, let me double check. Do you know how many returning scholarship players they have? I actually don't. How many? Guess. Out of an 85 allocation, what do you got? I'm going to go 50. Lower. 40? Lower. 25? Lower. You've got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding you. I've read it. I did my research. 12? 16. 16 returning scholarship players from last year's team. Now, he brought Deion Sanders brought in his son to play quarterback. And so there are other guys he brought with him from – uh, the uh, uh, the uh, black college association, which slips in my mind, the name of it all of a sudden. So he's brought in some real players, but 16 returning scholarships from last year. Does this officially take Dion and remove Lane Kiffin as the most brash coach in college football on the message board? Who's the most brash? Is it Lane Kiffin or is it Dion Sanders? And Travis said Colorado is dead. Travis, I would have argued with you till the end of time two months ago. But I wonder a little bit if Dion's in over his head. You can't I mean, bring kill a that program. 16. Yes. Like that's Six. the only I mean, that's bad. It's it's bad. I will say, look, I think Deion, I I think Deion Sanders. I don't know if he's in reverse. I think Deion Sanders is trying a new method that's never been tried in college football. I don't think it's going to work and it's going to expose itself. But I will say for people that say Deion's killing Colorado, you can't kill a dead program. This is, this is that, that's, that has been still or saying to the dead guy and start seeing Hutch, you just punch your last ticket, amigo. I mean, like, 
Here's the for the people I talk to in college coaching circles, they think this year is going to be a unmitigated disaster. We're talking about two or three wins for the Buffs, and that would be actually a good year. I think they won one last year. So, and Gene pointing out he just lost a four-star cornerback to the transfer portal that he brought with him from Jackson State. A bunch of these guys are going to get up there and be like, "This isn't as warm and." You know, well known as as when I was in Jackson State. I mean, they were stars down there. Dion turned them into stars. So he has to have a bunch of people believe. Year two is going to be where to judge him, and that'll be twenty twenty four. And we can say if, if he doesn't win five six games, become bowl eligible, then there's a real problem. But as far as brashness, move aside, Lane Kiffin. You ain't even close. And the the. You know, Lane Kiffin sends out some goofy tweets, and and guys, you don't want to hear this, but Josh Heupel tells kids when they can't play at Tennessee, can't play at the SEC level, they need to move on. Uh, Brian Mars is, is an example. Um, we could go on and on and on about examples. So that part of it's not terrible. I think the widespread aspect of it is scary. And the other thing that Dion Travis pointed it out, and I saw that this morning, um. He's locking out players from uh, seeing their practice film. Now you can all you can always go back and look at games, but practice film is important, I believe, because theoretically nobody's watching. You can you can judge a lot by players' uh, personal interactions with other players. You can judge a lot by um, just their body language. And if they're good team players or not, Caleb, I, I mean, I guess this is the one, it was a tight end that he wanted to stay, but now he's not sharing the practice film, which was just, that was just common decency back in the day. Dion is basically telling these guys that they are pros. He's taking what you and I have said of your pros. We can criticize you because you're making money. He's taken that to the next level. And I'm sorry. I think it's a little too harsh. I was big on the Dion train to see what happened. I think this is a little bit harsh. I think to come back with 16 returning scholarship players, to be locking out other teams for seeing practice film, I think this is about 10 times more egregious than anything that Lane Kiffin's done, with the exception of leaving Tennessee in the middle of the night. Um, And Dion Sanders... Until he wins, and even if he does, with a lot of these families, is going to be the villain of college football for the foreseeable future, Kale. Before I get into my spiel on this, let's just say one possible defense of Deion Sanders. What if he's supporting this tight end by not revealing the practice film? Because what if he's just that bad? <laughs> what if he's saying, you won't, get, you won't land anywhere if this practice film gets out there? I'm joking, obviously. Well, I'll throw another one out at you that's kind of similar, but maybe a little bit more plausible. Maybe he just doesn't have the peeps. Okay? I mean, Colorado does not have a $100 million athletic budget like Tennessee does. Maybe he doesn't have the people to pull the the tape. And if he's going to his personnel director and he's like, hey, I got this five-star guy in South South California I think you need to take a look at, or I can take my time of pulling – uh, uh, Johnny Lippers tied in tape, then what are you going to pull? I, I don't think he has vast resources like when Josh Hy- Hypel landed 
in Knoxville, Nick Saban landed in Alabama. So that that's that's part of the curiosity to me as well. Yeah. And so let's break this down on the difference between Deion Sanders and Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin was brash and brasher than he should have been, but very aware of who he was and who he was competing against for recruits. Because he, and you and I know, he took recruiting very seriously. He, I don't know anybody that works hard at recruiting than Lane Kiffin. And the reason I thought about this comparison is because both are relying heavily on the transfer portal right now. Lane's doing it because he has to, because you have talked about it. He maxes out what you can do at Ole Miss. You're just limited. Mm-hmm. Dion, I got to be honest. Here's what I think happened. I think Dion thinks his name is going to allow him to replace all this talent because he can recruit with the big boys. And here's the thing. And at, at, at an HBCU where you could sell an HBCU, you might get a five-star or two. And that's going to be the big difference between your school and every other school at that level. At Colorado, one, you're not selling the whole concept of building up HBCUs. You're selling come to the worst school in the Pac-12. At, at this point, you're only selling playing for you, not playing for anything else. But the you other mean- thing... Sorry, go ahead. The other thing... Okay, yeah. The other thing I have to bring up, Dion thinks his name recruits. It doesn't out-recruit the credibility of a Nick Saban. It doesn't out-recruit the credibility of a Josh Heupel at this point or a Jim Harbaugh or any of these coaches. And also, he may think he has NFL connections. Dave, you're a 17-year-old kid looking to go to the NFL. Yeah, there's this former NFL Hall of Famer, or there's this head coach in Nick Saban who has put how many people in the NFL over the past 15 years. Who do you think has more NFL connections today to get you drafted? I also think he thinks he has more. He probably thought he had more NIL money to throw around than he did at Colorado. I think they probably oversold him a little bit, how much money they could get together. And I'm sure they've gotten together way more than they had before they hired him. But I don't know that we're talking about Tennessee top money. I don't know we're talking about any any type of money. My question is with Deion Sanders, with what he's doing, the South's different, okay? So we, we talked about how he can be like uh, Bill McCartney back in the days at Colorado and recruit the South California area in L.A. A lot of kids want out of Compton. Their parents want them out of Compton. That is That is a good pipeline for him. So he, he may go into there and he may win – some of those kids over and it may work at Colorado because it's worked before. So I'm not discounting that, but how would he be doing in the sec? How would he do at an Ole Miss that does have to rely on transfer portals that does have to rely on NIL money that they don't have as much as other schools? Cause he's not going to get an Alabama even a Florida job, a Georgia job, even a Tennessee job. I mean, he's not going to get the top half of the SEC. So if he were at Ole Miss or Mississippi State, how would Deion Sanders be faring right now? Because the high school coaches, are you're recruiting from the same area. You're not bouncing into Compton every once in a while. You're going to uh, LJ High School or wherever the place might be, and you're building a relationship with that head coach that hopes that you hope sends you two or three more prospects down the line. So – Caleb, where does he – could he coach in the SEC with this style at all? No. No, because, again, he would be – you're right. Deion Sanders could build a pipeline in the Southern California. By the way, that pipeline is not the same pipeline it used to be. It's somewhat dried up, largely because there's – you can go to Oregon. You can go to Arizona State. You can go to – I mean, there's sure. a lot of competition. And also, because of what Pete Carroll did, USC – the brand of USC is back, even though they've been down the last 10 years. 
And so let to bring up Dion in the SEC. Yeah, he's you think he's gonna convince a kid, for instance, we talk about we talk about Nick Saban. Let's talk about Kirby Smart. Okay, Deion Sanders, I think, is from Georgia, I believe. I think he's from Atlanta, isn't he? And mm, sure, let me check. Go ahead. But you think honestly, Deion Sanders is gonna be able to out recruit Kirby Smart for Georgia kids? Because I don't. Oh no, he's from Florida. Yeah, Fort um, Myers. Fort Myers. Okay. He's just played for the Falcons for years. So I don't think Deion Sanders is going to be able to go to Atlanta and say, hey, I play for the Falcons and I'm Deion Sanders. Commit to me because I can sell your NFL career. I think Kirby Smart's got a lot more to sell about your NFL potential. Georgia's just had 14 players taken in the NFL draft last year. They're probably going to have another like 10 taken this year at a minimum. That sells more than this Hall of Fame cornerback from the 90s. Okay. So I want to ask you this. Deion versus Lane Kiffin. Who would have better success? We know what Lane's done in the SEC. Who would have better success in a somewhat similar approach brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han? In a somewhat similar approach, Caleb, basically Dion's is amplified immensely over Lane Kiffin. Who would have better success? Would it be Deion Sanders if he got... I don't want to say Mississippi State. I'm trying to come up with a comparable program to Ole Miss. There's really not one because they're right there in the middle. I want to say South Carolina or Auburn. Yeah. To me, is right at that second tier. Could he have success at all or have more or less success than Lane Kiffin is having and had at Ole Miss? I think, honestly, it would probably be. Could I say exactly the same? Like, could I say it'd be exactly the same? I think Deion Sanders' brashness is at another... You know what? No. I'm going to say he'd have less because here's one thing that Lane Kiffin... Lane Kiffin's very big into analytics because he knows that's how Ole Miss can get their advantage. You know Dion is, former player, jock. He's not a guy that's going to care about analytics at all. He's probably only eye tests and that's it. And so, I, think he, I think he would have far less for two reasons. One, I think Lane Kiffin is a spe- – I know you may, may not like him, but Lane Kiffin is a special offensive coach. You and I both agree with that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, One I mean, he's he's top 10 offensive minds in, in the country based off what he's done in his career. And I think Dion, this is something that Travis posted on the message board. I think Dion would have a lot of trouble with his flash – selling the big defensive tackles that really are the difference between being a championship contender and not in the SEC. That's what Alabama got. That's what Georgia has now got for those big war daddies in the middle. And are they going to be excited by Dion? Eh, no, probably, probably not. I mean, that's why an elite defensive line coach, as you've talked about, is the most important recruiter on your team because the defensive line coach is like, they want to, whatever you want, whatever I think about Ed Orgeron as a head coach, defensive linemen want to commit to play for Ed Orgeron. I mean, you want to play for him. And yeah. go ahead and give, call, uh, give, give Chuck Smith a call. Yeah. <laughs> defensive line. <laughs> call Derek. Weren't Dion and Chuck Smith teammates at the Falcons? They would have to be, yeah. Call Chuck yeah. Smith. And then have 13 men on the field by accident. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the difference is Dion will publicly a low number. If the over unders at 13 and a half, I'm taking the over. The difference is Dion Sanders would publicly throw Chuck Smith under the bus. 
Whereas Dooley privately threw him under the bus, and then they had that falling out at the end of the year. But like Dooley didn't. Deion Sanders would publicly be like, this guy screwed up. It was all him. <laughs> I said this about Trooper Taylor and Bruce Pearl at the time. There was a lot of flash there, but there was also a lot of substance. I thought that was the case with Dion. I suddenly have my doubts. It's the nicest way I can put it. Uh, portions of the program brought to you by Zulbeer, XULbeer.com. Zulbeer has parking downtown, and they are absolutely phenomenal xulbeer.com worldwide award-winning craft beer that's zulbeer.com to learn more a second location upcoming but that downtown location in knoxville has some incredible panoramic views and room and a fantastic place to hang out all right so should tennessee and the sec be worried about the big 10 in recruiting they're making a run and i believe there should be some concern two minutes and i'll tell you why family has been creating jewelry since 1986 each piece unique with a story all its own i'm rick terry with rick terry jewelry designs i'm a jeweler and i want to be your jeweler we're grateful that you chose us to be knoxville's best jeweler my family and staff look forward to serving you so please come see us kingston pike and campbell station road in the heart of farragut in downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment, like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Craven Wings has the cleanest, healthiest wings in town. We pride ourselves on our slogan, always fresh, never frozen. Come try us and discover the difference yourself. New location now open at the Markets at Chodo. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Why Tennessee and the rest of the SEC should be concerned about recruiting in the Big Ten. Big picture, macro view time. Coach Prime, by the way, trending on Twitter. I guess we pushed him up there. Uh, brought to you by crafttreats.com. Let's get into that right now. So Michigan doing pretty well in recruiting. 
the top of the recruiting rankings are usually pretty much held for SEC teams, such as Alabama, Georgia, recently uh, LSU. We've seen some other teams get up close to the top. I'm talking top five, not top ten, to be clear. But now Michigan atop the list. Why, Caleb? So yesterday, Michigan picked up two big commitments. They picked up a four-star Connecticut defensive lineman. Guys, is college football coming back in the Northeast? No, <laughs> um, so they it, uh, Gerard Smith is his name. He's a four-star, 6'3", 265, so he's probably more on, on the defensive end, on the, on the ends or on the edge rusher, but still big pickup. And then this is key for Michigan. If anybody knows Jim Harbaugh's system and how they run their offense, four-star tight end Brady Prescorn is his name, out of, out of Rochester, Michigan. He committed 6'6", 225. They also right now have a five-star quarterback in the in the class, Jaden Davis, one of the best in the class. They have the number one class, and Ohio State has the number two class. Now, I want to be upfront about this. Alabama never really gets going until May or June. Everybody talked about Alabama struggling in April with their recruiting class, and then July hits, and they have the number one class, and they hold it for the rest of the time. That's usually how it goes. And we know why, right? Because they're able to evaluate longer and they still have a great chance of getting the guy. Yeah, exactly. They can spend more time on the, <laughs> they can spend the time that Derek Dooley used to spend on evaluating players before he used to give out offers <laughs> that, uh, oh, but he didn't I say that in a critical way, by the way. Yeah. He didn't go see Vaughn Bell in Chattanooga, which was a 90 minute drive, but yeah, he even started there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Michigan up at the top, and then give us the rest of the top five. According, so Michigan's to number one on two four seven sports composite. Ohio State's number two, and they're a close second, by the way, because they actually have more five stars. Georgia's number three, LSU's number four, Penn State's number five. Florida State, for the record, is number six. So you don't get your second SEC team until. And this is a big concern for Tennessee. This is bigger than even Michigan. South Carolina, number seven, right now. Right. And South Carolina, um, I think that Tennessee opened the door. I wrote about that. I think Tennessee opened the door, which led them to beat Clemson in a close game, led to a high publicity game against Notre Dame that they lost in the bowl game. But I think Tennessee opened the door for South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is going to stick there. But I think the concern about the Big Ten is real. And here's why it's real is because you have – one solid coach in Jim Harbaugh, and then you have a recruiting machine. I don't think Ryan Day's nearly as good of a coach as his um, his peeps would have you believe. But I look at those two programs, and I think they're always going to recruit at a high level. But they've got something else. It's all that TV cash coming in, Caleb. And again, we if you didn't hear us earlier in the program, we said, no, that cash doesn't go directly to players – but you're allowed to go to another booster who, I don't know, maybe he was going to spend $10 million on the new edition. You tell him, you know, we're good. Why don't you spend $9 million on the new edition and give a million to whatever it may be called, the Claw Club uh, for the Wolverines. We officially named their new collective. That's, that's how they'll handle things. And that will have an impact on how they play football in the fall. Most importantly, it will have an impact on how they play football in the college football playoff. So if, you, if you're if you an SEC fan, 
you want that new TV contract to kick in for the SEC like it did for the Big Ten because that was a, a huge monster deal. You cover TV media and, and stuff like that better than I, Caleb. That that number of going with uh, Fox and different groups, that was a monster number that the Big Ten landed. The SEC dropped a massive ball, and I keep saying it. The contracts are going to kick in at the same time, and at that point, the Big Ten is going to have a much bigger advantage. I don't for the life of me know, and maybe he is. Maybe we don't know anything. I can't for the life of me understand why Greg Sankey, as far as we know so far, has stuck in this contract with ESPN when that deal was made before Texas and Oklahoma were negotiating to join the SEC. You would think that Greg Sankey would come and the SEC would be able to come back to ESPN and say, all right, we got to negotiate a better deal here because we our, our value is way bigger now all of a sudden with Texas and Oklahoma. But they're sticking in the same contract. And if, if that thing stays at $3 billion, I'm fine with being stuck at stuck with ESPN. I'm fine if you want to do one network. But if you're staying in the $3 billion contract that you signed before Texas and Oklahoma joined when this thing goes into effect in 2024, and you let the Big Ten fleece you and get a $7 billion deal across four different networks, that's really, really bad management. And someone needs to call him out on that. And I mean, I, I'm sorry to be so hard on Greg Sankey. I don't give him a lot of credit for Texas and Oklahoma joining in the first place. They reached out to the SEC. I don't know a conference that would say, no, Texas and Oklahoma, you can't join us. And so I think that Greg Sankey, at the very least, needs to be going back to ESPN. And he's up that thing to $5 billion at a minimum. Otherwise, the Big Ten is going to be lapping the SEC in recruiting. Well, I think they, <clears throat> I think you will get that number up. But I'm, I'm still a fan of going with one network and you're, you're forgetting ABC to a certain extent, just because I think most of us, 90% of us still look at sports center as the go-to for the recent highlights. And I think they will help create a, a Heisman candidate more so than Fox ever could. So, and, and CBS for that matter, I think that that, that kind of pub helps you, your foundational growth of the, the amount of teams that make the college football playoff, the amount of players that win a Heisman trophy. I believe that's worth a lot. Now, is it worth something right now? Not exactly, but I think it will be worth something. I would have stuck with ESPN um, and not gone with the conglomerate. I also, if I'm ESPN, I'm cleaning up when the games are kicked off. So everybody knows it's noon or noon 15, 3.30, 7.30. There, it doesn't need to be all over the place. We have these different kickoffs. I don't understand why, but I just think that SportsCenter and ESPN, the channel, outside of when the games are broadcast and outside of when the checks are cut, I think is a significant advantage over the Big Ten and their TV package. See, I don't think so. ESPN's business model has been collapsing because – the sports, I mean, the sports center ratings, I'm sure if you've seen over the past 10, 15 years, I've been tanking. There's a, the people don't go to sports center for highlights any more than they go to MTV for music videos anymore. And I think that there's a big issue. There's so much core cutting going on. Look, I think it's the SEC, this deal by the SEC is keeping ESPN afloat because sports cable packages turned out to be bad deals for the cable companies. They just did because there's cord cutting going everywhere. The SEC doing what they're doing is going to be enough for people like me, you, anybody that likes college football, which is a lot of people, everybody across the Southeast, to spend the money 
either through streaming or through cable to make sure they have ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, because they want to watch the SEC teams. I think the SEC had way more leverage in this negotiation. If they wanted to stay with ESPN, fine. They should have, they should have demanded more. They should have demanded way more than what they got. And it's one thing to okay, it's one thing for Greg Sinke to get three billion. Big Ten comes and gets five billion. And then Greg Sinke's like, okay, we need to do four, four and a half billion because we had a Texas and Oklahoma. No, he got three billion. And then the Big Ten went and negotiated a seven billion dollar deal. And the truth of the matter is what's happening right now is this is part of finessing. Part of Dave, you play the stock market a little bit, I'm sure. Part of the stock market is guessing what other people are going to value, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> the Big Ten has accurately guessed that the networks are valuing TV market over brand size. They're wrong to do that. They're absolutely wrong to do that. But the Big Ten recognizes that the networks are stupid. So they're they're like, hey, we can still finesse the networks. And so they're getting way more money for a brand that's not as good. NBA has been doing this for years. NBA is not as valuable as what they get paid for, but they fleece the networks on their value all the time. And I mean, that's brilliant business on their end. Yeah. It's all about leverage. Basically what it comes down to, do you have that leverage? Uh, You don't need leverage to eat a great product from craft treats. Just go to crafttreats.com. They have the chill pills with the CBD in them that will help with your pets digestive issues also they'll help with the anxiety issues and don't forget about arthritis as well that is again uh the chill pills are fantastic crafttreats.com they've got non-cbd treats as well that you need to check out because your pet will love it use the promo code off the hook that's the promo code off the hook for 20 percent off your purchase and um so You've got to check out crafttreats.com. You were saying compare Ohio State and and Michigan. You, you lost me a little bit on your note there. I was taught, yes, I think I want to know where you are on this. But look, Ohio State's a better job than Michigan. If you, if you just take it at face value, being in Ohio. But with Ryan Day at Ohio State, Jim, and what Michigan's been doing, and Michigan being Ohio State the last couple of years – are we in a position, given what we're seeing with recruiting, that Michigan is about to surpass Ohio State as a better job just because Ryan is Ryan Day in danger of getting in trouble? Is he running the program somewhat into the ground? Not into the ground, but he's average, and they thought he was the next wonderkind. They thought he was very special. That's why they didn't care about Greg Schiano leaving when Tennessee made a run at him. They really weren't upset about Urban Meyer, and they kind of facilitated that and greased the wheels. I've got a really good source at Ohio State. They loved Ryan Day. So is he running it into the ground? No, but it's just kind of stagnating a little bit. Here's why Michigan is a real threat to be one of the top recruiting teams in the nation and will win some battles against against SEC teams like Tennessee, Alabama, and more. It's because Jim Harbaugh can't get a job in the NFL. He's tried his hardest, but he can't get a job in the NFL. So what does that mean? That means he's going to be at Michigan for the foreseeable future, and he's going to continue to build something there. And they're making waves in the college football playoff, as we saw last year. And I'm just telling you, he is going to continue to make waves in recruiting. That's not going away anytime soon, Caleb. I agree. I think that – I think Michigan is one of – I've said for years Michigan's one of the more overrated jobs in football. I just don't think it's that good of a – they have half a national championship the last 70 years or whatever college football. 
and that was the one they split with Nebraska in 97. And I have a feeling Nebraska would have beaten them had they played head-to-head. But I would say that Michigan, I think that with Jim Harbaugh there and Ryan Day keeping the program stagnant, I think you're going to see Michigan be able to get into Ohio a little bit more often. So beyond the NIL and the money and the name of Jim Harbaugh, Michigan can get into Ohio and Pennsylvania maybe a little bit more often and get some recruits there because Pennsylvania is still a good football state too. Let me ask you four downs, four downs today brought to you by friends at City Heating and Air Conditioning. So this is where we go on the record and we will be called out by message board posters and by each other because I got a feeling we're going to be wrong on some of these. Smoke screen around Darnell Wright and Hendon Hooker. Four downs is right now. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. So I was, I have it pulled up on my other computer. My apologies. My apologies. But I have this rating ranking from a guy that I really like, Tom Fornelli. So the way he breaks it down is that he uses statistical analysis to tell you where these quarterbacks should rank. Okay, he only does FBS schools because there's not enough data for FCS schools. But he takes into account all that they did the previous year. Okay, so he doesn't get into specifics, but he looks at statistical performance of quarterbacks as passers in specific situations that correlate with what they will be asked of them in the NFL. Those areas are against top 50 defenses, passes in third and long, and fourth down situations in the red zone clutch it's basically a clutch ranking right pretty much pretty much who's number one number one in this is cj stroud oh have you already seen it kill yes, it yes yes oh you were i don't know i didn't know you were bringing it up i'm sorry i thought you were asking me no that's fine cj stroud is number one how in the world is that accurate what clutch gene did he show as they played a pathetic schedule last year. Am I missing something? And I'll get well, to hit the hooker in a second. They don't show they, – the, the flaw in this is it doesn't show the throws made and how tight the game was. So, for instance, Ohio State could be up 21 to nothing and C.J. Straw converts a third and 25, but they're up 21 to nothing. Does that make sense? So, like, if right, And they're facing a the top 50 defense. Yes, exactly. Uh, what he has talked about, to be fair to this list, this isn't a list necessarily of the best quarterbacks. This is a list of the quarterbacks you should avoid, which he makes it very clear on that, which is that the, this list, it's not so much that you can bet on the top, but you can just bet against the bottom. Okay. So I, I would have thought Bryce Young would have been number one. Okay. But too. he's not, and he's really not even close using the ratings. It's like a 4.09 and Bryce Young has a 3.11. So it's almost a full point. So Bryce Young's second. Who do you think is third? Well, I know who's third. Do you want me to oh, answer? You got the list. It's Hendon Hooker. Fourth is Stetson Bennett. Fifth is Malik Cunningham. I can keep going. Six is Dorian Thompson Robinson. Seven is Sean Clifford. Eight is Aiden O'Connell. Nine is Clayton Toon. 
just go ahead and jump in there when I haven't mentioned Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or some of the other guys that uh, appear to be being ranked ahead of Hendon Hooker. Will Levis, for the record, comes in at number 12. Anthony Richardson at number 15. Those are the type of picks that get you fired as a GM. Yes. So what this list means is you can't guarantee that Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Hendon Hooker will succeed. You can guarantee that Will Levis and Anthony Richardson will not succeed. That's what the list shows. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to find our way through the smokescreen because there are a lot of smokescreens around the draft. So I ask you, Caleb, first down, end of the day, this is our final say, the draft is this week. Where does Hendon Hooker go? Closest wins a gift certificate to Craven Wings. How about that? Well, I did my picks yesterday on where I think and everybody's going to land. You guys can check it out on offthehooksports.com. I, and I gave the specific round pick and team I think is going to take them. I think Hendon Hooker goes in the second round with the 37th pick to the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to play over under with you. I'm going to go over. And, and this has nothing to do with Hendon Hooker. Please don't hate me on the message board. I just feel like this is a smoke screen. I feel like there's a lot of smoke screening going on to scare people into trading up because Hendon Hooker might go with pick 27 overall. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over. So basically I have Hendon Hooker in the third round. Second down, Darnell Wright. First round for sure. Or is this a smoke screen to get people to trade up and try to grab him? This is first round for sure. He's going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going to be the 17th pick by Pittsburgh. They need an offensive lineman. Darnell Wright's a perfect fit for them. I think he's a perfect fit too, but man, 17 seems a little high for me, especially for a guy that before last year, people have questioned his work ethic. Now that might be people nitpicking. That might be smoke screening. Yeah, that that let and let's bring this up because I talked about this yesterday. Bob McGinn, an NFL scouting reporter, says that one scout has quoted Darnell Wright as quote, never being much of a worker, barely does enough to get by, doesn't cooperate. Dave, you told me yesterday that some of those things were said about Wright before last year, right? Yeah, I think he was a ho hum player before last year. Okay. I would crazy. I would have believed that that's not as I would have believed that that's not a smokescreen because what you it jives with what you've told me. The reason I believe it is a smokescreen now to try to lower him so he'll be available is because the phrase doesn't cooperate. I've never heard doesn't cooperate. This is a guy that willingly moved between right and left tackles his whole career. He may not be a hard worker, but he seemed like he always did what he was told at the very least. That's a good point. That does sound like draft BS. All right. Um, Byron Young, what's your over under on him? You made the pick on offthooksports.com. Yep, I've got Byron Young going with the third pick to the Buffalo Bills. Then I'm sorry, third round, not third pick. <laughs> third round, 91st pick to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo has Von Miller coming back from an injury. They probably don't see Von Miller long, as their long-term answer at edge rusher anymore. Byron Young can sit behind him for a year or two, develop the position, and be ready to take that role. I'm taking the over because I don't hear anything about Byron Young. So I think teams are, I'm just, I'm basing mine off smoke screening and my history of being able to read this in the past. Uh, so the highest rated ball as you have on off the besides those three that we mentioned, that'll be fourth down. Who is it? My personal highest rated, who I think is going to be better. Than I'm sorry. 
kidding. Paxton Brooks. Go Paxton Brooks. My personal highest rated is Cedric Tillman, but I think Jalen Hyatt's going to go higher than him. I think the Dolphins are going to take Hyatt with the 51st pick in the second round. They had if Jalen Hyatt, best case scenario, Dave, wouldn't you say is Tyreek Hill? Uh, best case scenario. That that like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Tyreek Hill is the only receiver that can play the X, Y, and slot. So you're asking me, I mean, the best receiver of the generation. Best the ceiling, the ultimate the ultimate. Ce- yes. The, the ceiling ultimate. is to be the best player of his generation. Okay. I mean, like this style of player. Basically. That system, Mike McDaniel likes those speedy receivers that can kind of sneak out and from that can kind of sneak out and get open down the sideline, and Tua can just chuck it and get it to him. Jalen Hyatt is that guy with a decent amount of height. If he's better than his four four forty at the combine, and I'm hearing reports that many teams believe he is, then I think the Dolphins are going to take him. Even though I would personally take Cedric Tillman. Uh, just a little, little nugget. Don't be surprised if Kansas City. Really likes Jalen Hyatt. I was down to Kansas City and Buffalo for my prediction. I was almost going to say Kansas City, but I think I'm sorry, Kansas City and Miami. I was almost going to say Kansas City, but I decided to go with Miami. But it was a coin flip. Okay, well I'm going to go. Uh, let's let's make fourth down. Who goes higher, Jalen Hyatt or Cedric Tillman? I will go Jalen Hyatt, but Cedric Tillman has a better career. So I mean, you're saying the exact same thing, Jalen Hyatt but Cedric Tillman has the better career. By the way, Cedric Tillman is going to go with the 71st pick to the New Orleans Saints. Cody Burns is the wide receivers coach in New Orleans. He's the one who really developed Cedric Tillman. I think he's in their ears a lot that they need a physical receiver, particularly with Derek Carr there. And New Orleans has had a lot of success with the Tennessee players that were overlooked recently. I like it. Tennessee baseball with a surge. Vanderbilt, take a seat. More after this, Off the Hook Sports with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Booker. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your man. Craven Wings has the cleanest, healthiest wings in town. We pride ourselves on our slogan, always fresh, never frozen. Come try us and discover the difference yourself. New location now open at the Markets at Chodo. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. 
At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back. Fred saying that he is getting updates via the message board because he's at Cracker Barrel and he can't hear us. Fred, you have a great one. Um, now, my contention was that Cracker Barrel should put the show over there, the speakers, and just loop it at all times. What's wrong with that? That sounds like a great plan to me. Yeah, we can make that happen. Tennessee baseball, back? Are they contenders? What do you make of the sweep against Vanderbilt? What I make of it is I think everybody was freaking out way too much earlier, and I spoke about this with Josh Ward last week. Tennessee baseball returned their pitching staff, but they had an entirely new lineup. And there were a lot of errors that were happening, and there were a lot of issues specifically offensively. That happens with a new lineup. It was going to take a minute for them to get going, and all three transfers stepped up last weekend. And their offense has finally found its rhythm. They run-ruled Vanderbilt in the second game, then scored 10 runs in the third game. Then they just scored 19 runs against Bellarmine. So starting pitching was fine the whole time. It was the defense and the lineup and the hitting that needed to step up and it's happening now. And I think that was naturally going to happen. You just had to get guys used to playing at this level that that happens in baseball. Tennessee baseball coverage brought to you by city heating and air conditioning. Integrity matters city heat and air.com. And they will make sure that your new unit um, is perfect for your home, or maybe you don't need a new unit and you can save thousands gene says tennessee baseball is just fine again brought to you by integrity matters uh, go to cityheatandair.com city heating and air conditioning caleb i think it is just fine i mean i i think that tennessee baseball you have to take this as a reality whether or not you like it you get above uh, I want to. I don't want to say the Mason Dixon line because that's a little bit higher. But you get above the Atlanta line, and then you start to fight something that schools like Miami and Florida don't have to fight, and LSU don't have to fight. And that's the fact that you can't play and practice year round. Okay, so that that's always going to be a struggle. Now you had to fight Vanderbilt because they found this loophole in in which they were able to offer basically full scholarships, which Tennessee could not do because of financial uh, need, which unfortunately I know too much about with my son. So it it is – Tennessee baseball isn't as exciting because they don't have guys round in second, given the one-finger salute. But that doesn't mean it's not a good, stable program. That doesn't mean that Tony Vitello forgot how to coach. You had something pretty special last year. You had that a couple of times in Tennessee basketball. They didn't win a championship, but they knocked on the door. So you got excited. It was you against the world. I get that. But there's nothing wrong with what they're doing this year, even though it's not quite as exciting, Caleb. Right, exactly. This was naturally going to happen with so much turnover. 
And maybe the program needed a little bit of criticism and humbling because I think they were front running a lot last year. And I think that when you, when you are a front runner, when things go wrong, you can kind of not know how to handle it a lot of times. And look, they showed that they know how to handle it. I mean, I say it from the other end, my Grizzlies, I'm a big Memphis Grizzlies fan, the ultimate front runners. Things are a little tough now. And John Dylan Brooks refused to do interviews with the media the other day. They melt down. It's like, oh, you're able to talk a big game when you're winning. And then when you're losing, you melt down. Cam Newton, NFL, anybody? And I think Tennessee baseball decided, hey, because you, you know, you and I both know, everybody was ready to pounce on Tennessee baseball for losing because of yes. the way they've been talking. And they well, earned it. And, and usually I will say, oh, you shouldn't say that, but – I think Tony Vitello made reference, maybe he didn't, but somebody made reference close to the program that everybody had that game circled on their schedule. That is absolutely true, Caleb. There is zero. Everybody. Everybody. And so you have to give Tennessee credit for responding to Sweet Vanderbilt after doing that. I mean, I think let's, let's go to one of our favorite coaches to always bring up, but we all know the way Steve Spurrier did all that talking in the mid-90s, remember? To Bobby Bowden, to Tennessee, Free Shoes University, can't spell citrus without UT, the Auburn library burns. He was like, the real tragedy is half the books weren't colored yet. <laughs> but did you ever notice that like latter half Spurrier was a lot, he made his course, but he was a lot more humble when he faced teams. And I think what happened was he was doing all that talking after the national championship game. And then the next year, his team got shocked by LSU and Georgia. And he really never got close to an SEC title again, except for 2000. They've got Mississippi State, not counting midweek games, Georgia, uh, Kentucky, and South Carolina left. If you look at the standings right now, they're behind Kentucky ahead of Georgia, uh, way behind South Carolina, who leads the East. So Tennessee right now, 27 and 14, 8 and 10 in conference. They need to be above 500 in conference. If they do that, considering Gene pointed out they lost eight major league baseball players from last year's squad. Listen, if they're 500 in conference and they make the um, they make the SEC tournament, they make potentially the NCAA tournament. That to me is a pretty darn good follow up year to what was a historically crazy good year last year. Easily, and as you and I both know just making the SEC tournament, I mean, just making the NCAA tournament, you have about an equal shot as everybody to win. It's the most gimmicky tournament. It's more gimmicky than March Madness. I mean, it is It is a complete crapshoot. I don't think the number one overall seed has won the tournament since 1999, I think. And last year, Ole Miss won it all, didn't they? Wasn't Ole Miss the base? I think Ole Miss won it all last year. And they were 14 and 16 going into the uh, tournament. So I just, anybody can win this tournament. It is the most, it is the most, it is the luckiest tournament there is. So I think that Tennessee will be fine. Heck, even if they, like right now, I think they'd still be in the SEC tournament, but the SEC is so loaded. Even if they don't win the SEC, even if they don't get to the SEC tournament, you still might see them get into the NCAA tournament. Well, Gene brings up a good point. Are they not very similar to Ole Miss this time last year? Yes. Just, just kind of middling there in the middle of the pack, and they're not drawing great attention to themselves. Uh, could they be the old miss of last year? Yeah. And it would be ironic if that was how Tony Vitello ended up winning a championship at Tennessee because he got so much pub for 
the, the craziness that went on last year, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. That's for sure. How many times has that happened though? I mean, look at the, look at the NFL. How many times did Peyton Manning get a top seed and get bounced out in the first round? And then the year he wins the Super Bowl was the year the Colts were a wild card team. I mean, it's just, it's the, the play, the playoffs are such an element of randomness. Well, and, and, and as Travis pointed out, baseball is a streaky sport. I always thought last year in the 2022 season that at some point they would lose their mojo a little bit. And maybe they did in the playoffs. Maybe that's that's what happened. Was it George? Notre Dame. Notre Dame, excuse me. Um, maybe that's maybe that's what happened. Maybe they lost some of their confidence. I happen to think that that they got a little bit too big for their britches at that point in time. But I thought it would happen at some point during the season where they would hit a wall. They've already hit their lull. Isn't that better than hitting your lull come playoff time? I mean, I would take that college world series time, SEC playoff, SEC tournament time. I would take that a million times over. Yeah, I agree. Baseball winning baseball games are like shooting in basketball. You, you can be in a slump and you don't know when you're going to hit that first shot, but you hit that first shot. You're going to hit 10 more after that baseball. You don't know when that first one's going to come or that, that first, like, you know, hot, the first, part of the hot streak's going to come, but then you hit it and you're hot for forever. I mean, and so you're right. You want to hit the law in the middle of the season. I mean, the last two champions enter, I think unranked. Now Mississippi state wasn't like old miss last year. Mississippi state was 20 and 10 and second in the West in 2021, but nobody saw Mississippi state winning the college world series that year at all. So Tennessee okay. could be one of those teams this year. Uh, they're they're not as entertaining. They're not as scintillating. But let's be honest: if that's not a Tennessee team that you're rooting for, you look at some of the stuff they did last year, and you think that's eh, over the top. I don't want to take my kids to see that. Um, that's not good sportsmanship. I mean, let's be honest: that's the way it Flipping was. Flipping off the year. camera at a home run. Yeah, no reason for yeah. that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. Listen, you'd you'd rather win a championship with a bunch of jerks flipping. Birds and all. I'm not saying they were jerks. You'd rather win a championship any any way you could do it. But if it, if you had a pick, you would like to do so with a little bit more humility and sportsmanship than the ball showed at times uh, last year. I think that's pretty evident, right? True, true. On the other side, one of the reasons they were like there were so many things that were gotten wrong. Like, I don't know if you remember ESPN falsely reporting Evan Russell being suspended for PDs or failing a drug test last year. In reality, he was dealing with the mental health issue. Like if I'm Evan Russell, if I come back and hit a home run, I'd be flipping the bird at the ESPN cameras at that point. I'm like, cause that's a really serious thing to say. Are you a big bird flipper for the record, Caleb? Just with my friends, not on camera. <laughs> I asked Cooper Mays if he was a big high fiver. Because 420 was also also National High Five Day. Do you know that? So two ways to get two ways to get high. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll leave you with that. Have a fantastic day, everyone. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. We've got the app. We've got podcast everywhere that you might listen to your favorite podcast. And we also um, are with you each and every weekday at 10 a.m. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.